Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast. August 19th. One of Star Trek's biggest icons. Or celebrity fans. Or both. We'll be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by Star Trek's own Tasha Yar, Denise Crosby. In the 24th century, there will be no hunger, there will be no greed, and all the children will know how to read. And we would like to welcome back journalist, anchor, and podcaster, Sharon Melton. Oh, thank you. Welcome back. So great to be here. Great hearing Tasha Yar speak, too, because it just brought just wonderful feelings in my heart. Oh, I loved her character. I just like, oh, that's what I call Denise. I just have to call her by her character. (laughs) 100% Tasha Yar was my first favorite character in Star Trek. It was such a wow for me that there was a woman as the chief of security on the flagship. Yes. and standing right next to Worf, this big, formidable mm-hmm. alien with like, you know, powerful warrior. And she was his superior. And it was just that's the way it was. They never exactly. talked about the he he felt uh, diminutized next to her or anything. I love that about her character. It was just sheer respect, regardless yep. of because gender, the, what she looked like. Just sheer respect. Because in the 21st century, we'll get rid of sexism as well. Mm-hmm. Thank Correct. you. I mean, per, Thank you. Per this <laughs> quote uh because part of why your guys are ta- even talking about this like oh my god that's the first woman i actually saw in a position of security mm-hmm. da, 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 da. again thank you star trek for providing those images for us right um listen i am an opti- uh, an optimist but also very cynical so this quote <laughs> you don't say rachel the, you don't say like sticks me both ways right on one hand i'm like oh my god that's so true and amazing and on the other hand i'm like well that's some optimistic bull no it's not though because that's true what i'm just talking and i'm saying 200 years in the future i hope this is true right or or more uh this is true that there will be no hunger and no greed and everyone will know how to read. I love that he uses read because to me, I loved the library system as a kid. I lived in the Carnegie Mellon uh, libraries and um, I, I just found so much knowledge and wisdom in reading, right? And then I think I spoke this week about how I didn't really like the 80s because of the greed culture. Mm-hmm. The greed is king mm-hmm. and greed is good. So it's interesting to me that he talks about that and says there would be no greed. I don't know. I think greed is like, uh, you guys, what do you think? I think ultimate power corrupts. What do you guys think? Uh, Well, yeah, it does, unfortunately. But I also just see this as, this quote is to me is like a challenge, even though there is hope Uh, that in 
the 24th century, we will have this. I think it was maybe, this is just me, maybe he was challenging us to get there sooner. There's hope in the 24th century, but what are you going to do about these three things now? Because we have hunger now, we have greed now, and children still don't know how to read. Adults don't know how to read. A number of them don't. So to me, it was a challenge that hope is in the future, yes, but maybe we can bring hope to where we are right now and make a difference and make a change. Maybe I'm just trying to be optimistic here. I don't know, but I would love to see it that way. I love that too, yeah. Yeah. I love your take on it. Trent, you you probably feel similar. Huh? Well, yeah. And I like how you see it as a challenge. The thing I love so much or one of the things I love so much about Star Trek is that Gene and all of the fabulous writers over the years have created this paradise in the future. It's kind of like this goal to work toward. It's like uh, the the light at the end of the tunnel. And through everything that we're dealing with now, we have this blueprint for a paradise future where once we here on earth are able to educate ourselves and evolve beyond the pettiness that we we just are still mired in today, we are finally able to break free from the bounds of this planet and then go out into space to, to visit strange new worlds and to meet new civilizations. And it's, it's interesting that when you think about what Earth is like in, in Star Trek's 24th century, there's no hunger, there's no monetary system, you can just transport anywhere in the planet and you can just be wherever you, it's a paradise. But that's not to say that uh, we don't have these, these themes of like greed and corruption in the show because as we see our characters travel to other planets and when you think about like uh, where the Ferengis are from, Ferenginar, it is a very uh, monetized culture and everything is about money and everything is about greed and cheating to make the most money and me, 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 me. Uh, so, so Star Trek does still uh, deal with those themes because we can see those parts uh, that are, you know, nasty or negative in those characters in ourselves today. But in future Paradise of Earth, we have evolved beyond that. And I love the fact that, uh, you know, I, I can watch any of the Star Trek franchises and and say that's a future that I I, I wish I could see. I, I you know, obviously I won't make it to the 24th century unless one of the uh, the crews of, of one of the, the Star Trek ships comes back in the past, takes me to the future. And I would love that. So if you're listening out there, please, I am willing. But it's 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 still fun for me to see that future paradise uh, and say someday someday and as as gene very definitively says there will be no it's his his it's hit in his mind there will be no hunger no greed full stop period that is something to strive for i think the thought of getting rid of greed sounds interesting i just don't know i feel like it's human nature that's my truth on that one it's human nature to be a little greedy i would love to have as much optimism and i'm sure that gene roddenberry had this kind of belief and optimism to be able to create a show mm-hmm. like Star Trek and to be able to fight mm-hmm. for a Russian on in the crew, a black woman on the bridge, all these things, right, that were so different then because we were in the Cold War then. That's why I mm-hmm. say a Russian mm-hmm. was a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Or an Asian man or whatever it is that was outside what, what we as Americans considered our norm. And, we, and now we've realized all these years later, everything is normal. Mm. Everything is normal. Even the stuff you are not used to is normal. So 
Per this quote, it would be lovely if it was normal that there was no hunger. And we actually have the means in today's world to have no hunger. We just don't choose to implement it, right? Quite yet. We're not there. We're not evolved enough yet right. to understand it's not just about capitalism and can you pay for that food. It's, you know, we are, who said the quote, we are only as strong as our weakest fellow man. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I want to attribute that to the right person. I'm not sure, but... That's kind of what I see in this quote. It's saying, how can we be this strong uh, uh, culture out there conquering the galaxy if we still can't read, if we still have hunger, if we base needs? These are base needs that he's covering in here, like being kind to people. Because I also think it's interesting that authenticity has been sort of commercialized and commodified by today's youth, right? Or adults as well. And well, I think once. You, yeah, it's adults too. But once we get out of that and we get back to what being authentic really is, because being, you know, when I hear the kids today say, what's, what's your marketing? What's your branding? <laughs> I'm authentic. I don't even know if they know what that means because to be truly authentic means being truthful in your actions, right? And what you're doing, not just saying I'm authentic, right? It is actually following through on how can I look at inside myself at my shadow self and, and look at my own greedy nature, right? Without any shame to, I mentioned this before, but I say without shame because we all have it. So to carry around, like I'm so shameful about it is fair enough, but put it down. We all have it. You're not, you know, all of us have a dark, side, a greedy side, a shameful side, a little bit, right? Some mm -hmm. of us lean into it more than others. But I think this quote is a call to arms to look into ourselves at our own sides where we may be holding ourselves back, where we may be judgmental. And I've been so long-winded on this, but I want to say there's a quote I saw on Twitter where someone said, don't make fun of someone if they mispronounce a word. Because chances are that meant they learned that word from a book because they read it. And maybe they didn't hear it growing up mm -hmm. in their household mm -hmm. and don't know how to pronounce it correctly. But as an avid reader, I just love that tweet because I thought, you're right. This is people trying to trying to take in and synthesize all the things they've learned. And if they mispronounce a word with a schadenfreude over that says less about them and more about ourselves. Right? We also should be shouting about the fact that you can you were reading. Mm -hmm. And that people yeah, are reading. That's what I'm and that's the important part of it. Because if even if you're making a mistake, we should relish the fact that you made a mistake or somebody else makes a mistake and they're willing to learn from it. Because I think the problem also comes with this. Granted, there are some people who at a young age maybe were embarrassed because they made a mistake, so they didn't continue to read or were never exposed to it. So that does cause problems. That's where the reading portion comes in, is that we are so judgmental to people when it comes to their ability for literacy. A lot of times that people choose not to go down that path and the ignorance begins. So they don't have to read it. Somebody will tell them something to believe. And so they think along those lines, they become greedy because of it. Cause that's all they know because they don't know any different. And Opening up the doors to literacy is one of the best gifts anyone can have, because if you can read, I think if you can read, you have the ability of opening your mind to exposing yourself to different cultures, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different genders, all of that. And that in itself will make you a stronger individual, a more open thinker, I guess you could say, and be willing to accept someone who may be different from you. 
and you'll and also help be others more along co- the way. You'll also be more cognizant of who you're listening to and yes. watching out there on social media, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. really got it going on and who's full of shit. And I say that because it's a lot of people out there read one book on something and they're posing themselves as experts on Instagram and TikTok. Girl, if preach. you read, if you no, but if you find a concept someone's talking about interesting, go read the book and figure it out yourself because then you can decide, did this person come up with this concept themselves or is or did they just rip off this book right, or did right. they just... There is a... a, 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 a what is it called? Um, a, a, it's a new thing they've discovered that people think that Googling and searching stuff on the internet, in their brain, it equals the same as if they are now an expert on things. Because it's right? easy. Right. It's a bit of, I think it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect on one hand, and then there's another name for what I'm talking about as well, but a tiny bit, basically it all goes back to a tiny bit of information can be dangerous, right? So if we get more and more information, you actually educate yourself on the topics, then you know, oh, I'm going to follow this person because I think they're really onto something, but this person, they're just talking to talk and make money. Right. So I think it's a very dangerous time for all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of greed mm-hmm. going on. Everybody's an influencer. Everybody's got a platform. So the more we educate ourselves, the more books we read ourselves, the more and more we expand our mind. And our mind is a universe unto itself. Trent, what are your thoughts on this? You know, it's, it's what I mentioned earlier about how when we look forward to the 24th century and the paradise as a goal for us here now to work toward. In the world of Star Trek, that's just the starting point. Like, that's the starting point where they have paradise. And then the next step comes, the traveling into space and with the tools to meet different uh, alien beings and to be prepared to learn about their cultures and the whole thing about the prime directive of us, not of, of humans, or at least the Starfleet, not putting their beliefs onto other cultures. Like, the fact that uh, no hunger, no greed, and literacy is the starting point for a, a, a story or for a, a way of life. Like, that is amazing to me. That is what's so great about Star Trek. I love that. And it oh, is yeah. a starting point. The problem is, is that people don't always want to start unless they see something that's going to benefit them in the long run. And that's where we keep on end up hitting that wall every single time. It comes back to the me, me, me. I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself, which I understand. You got to take care of yourself. But if you don't bring everybody else along with you, there's not going to be anything to take care of. And well, so that's where that comes from. a little from that me generation of yes. the, the 80s to, to a certain extent, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like it was very imbued in us that be selfish. And I think we're trying to dissect a little bit of that right now um, for all of us. All right, listen, I, I got to wrap it up, you guys. I could talk about this forever, but we got to, we at least we've got you for a few more episodes and we can carry on with this discussion uh trent where do we where do people go to see the video of denise crosby reading this quote you can head to our social media accounts on facebook twitter and instagram and join us again tomorrow for another episode of quoting gene roddenberry bye thanks for joining us for another episode of quoting gene roddenberry we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote so tweet us Post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. 
Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 